Welcome to a Couch Divided podcast where secular psychology meets a Christian worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas. All right, Nick, sit back and relax. And if you can't, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Prepare to be couched. Hey there, welcome to A Couch Divided Podcast with Nick Thomas and the joyful, beautiful, <laughs> ravishing, everything that I've ever said, Dr. Robin Hall. <laughs> you know, you put me on a spot because I didn't think of anything before I pressed record and I go, joyful, joyful, the joyful Robin Hall. I feel like that's <laughs> fair yeah, whatever. considering our topic today. There you go. I, See, I hope it's... I'm joyful most of the time. So. <laughs> what is our topic today? Oh, Bitterness. Bitterness. <laughs> um, yeah, but before we launch into it, um, business, like housekeeping stuff, really quick, go oh, yeah. check out our fabulous website that was built and is managed by none other than our fabulous, charming, dashing, debonair Nick Thomas. Yeah, I got that. I like that. <laughs> See, I don't need to go to the gym with those attributes. Here, here. No adjectives. Oh, no. We both need to go to the gym. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I'm still dashing. Yes, that's right. That is right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, go on over to the website. Um, about, what is the a Couch Divided? So, uh, couchdivided.com would be uh, where you want to go. That's got all of our latest episodes up there as well. You can listen to it right on the website. Um, if you... Um, um, uh, feel the need uh, if you're moved by the spirit, uh, by your benevolence, or if you like this podcast at all, uh, consider being a, a partner with us uh, as well. You'll see a donate tab um, at the end of every podcast and of, at the upper right hand corner of the website. You can uh, click on that and uh, and um, if you feel led to donate, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. please. We would love to spend more time doing this and, and unfortunately that requires some funding. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, please. Um, but we're so glad. We, we've been getting so much good feedback from you guys. Shout out to Queensland, Australia. Queensland, oh, yeah. Australia. Um, I Was it our last episode, our Q&A episode? Yeah, yeah. We, we got said it. we weren't sure if we had anybody listening outside the U.S. And we had um, a lovely little lady comment on our Instagram yeah. post about it from all the way through yeah, Australia. Yeah. All, all I can see is when uh, we go to the statistics that our, you know, other countries are listening. Yeah. But it's impersonal when you just see a number. And we were just, it, it was just so kind when somebody from that country, Queensland, Australia. Yeah. Well, so, and I'll like, say, like, <laughs> Nick, if you guys haven't picked up on this, is the brains behind all of the, like, tech stuff that we do. Um, I'm, I'm learning. And he, right. Yeah. So, but like, there's, he, that, there's people that are he checks so all much of our statistics and then tells me about it. But I don't. So like, I had no idea we even had like a menu that would show us. Oh yeah, we got Canada and Australia, and it was uh, and it's it, it's it's so delightful because the comment was that they were sharing yes. this podcast as well, Please and I would share, encourage you share, share, to share. follow suit to share these because. You know, it was it was touching her heart, and she felt compelled to share it with everybody else. Yeah, I think uh, she said she was listening at work. Yeah, yeah. that uh, that her ultimate goal would be, you know, to share in that experience with others yeah. as well. That was so stinking so. cool. So yeah, I I think maybe like in the first of the year we'll do one of those. I love those social media posts. It's like tell us where you're from. Yeah, you know, your sure. Um, but yeah, please share it. Our our mission for this podcast was to you know, affect in a positive way the kingdom of God, you know, this area that we believe we need to take dominion over, right. you know, mental health. And um, so if you guys like us, if you've benefited at all from our crazy voices, um, yeah, please tell people about us, share us. Um, we just want to, we, yeah, we want to take dominion, not us personally, but 
as warriors for Christ. I mean, we got ideas, um, you know, for behavior health, psychology, and things like that we want to do in the future. And it really starts, um, you know, it, start, it, it starts with you uh, only because if you didn't like it, yeah, <laughs> then we would go, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Right, or we should try to different. But it seems like you do enjoy it. And uh, hey, Mikey, he really likes it. Yeah. Um, he likes it. What is that? Life cereal? Yeah, life cereal. And nobody I, gets I that. That's like, what, 80s? All so. right. So we digress. Um, yes. Yeah, so today our topic, it, well, we're going to cover it a little bit differently. Um, I Like I said, we're going to talk about bitterness. And because there is no, you know overly bitter disorder in the dsm yeah. um there really isn't there should be. like a clinical platform that i can just des- describe it as it would relate to disorders i mean i would say that you know in clinical practice bitterness is probably one of the most common things you come across yeah um but it's, it's an- it's an attribute that could be right. attached to a lot of different disorders. As, you know, a yeah. symptom uh, from uh, an effect, right? I hate to even call it a symptom because it's really more like a state of well, mind. If, if you think mm-hmm. of it in terms of original sin, we all have this bitterness thing going on. And so when we talk about disorder, we're talking about what possibly, you know, ailments. And of course, that sinful manifestation in your heart is going to... Uh, pull right on out to whatever disorder that you may have and bitterness is 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 sometimes a common attribute uh, right i mean even if it's disordered so yeah um but i will say there is a a striking divide or difference between the way a christian would approach or should approach bitterness Mm -hmm. and the way that secular psychology or psychiatry Mm -hmm. The world kind of you know the, the secular world the world world um in general approaches it um these are how important words are and uh, biblical words are and how god sees uh of these uh, particular behaviors as well yeah. because they actually point to a reality that well psychology cannot point to psychology would right. never point to idolatry or right. anything like well, that but a gonna, christian would we'll get yeah. there yeah so i feel like it might even be a, le- a leap to make that statement to our audience right now but yeah, oh, yeah, we're gonna get there. So, um, like, let's what let's define bitterness. Um, should I? I'm gonna read that. Yeah, uh, you, you got a little something of scripture. You got a little something. Ephesians. I got a little something. Um, a little bit, a little bit. So yeah, we'll go. One of one of the things I recommend that everybody listening who's ever dealt with bitterness, which is probably a hundred percent of us, if we're just being honest. Yeah. Um, a book that you all need to go get um and actually it's free if you have like kindle unlimited hmm. um but other than otherwise i think it's like two dollars hmm. go get yourself a copy of jim wilson's how to be free from bitterness okay so it's a collection of christian essays about this very topic hmm. and um while i don't agree with his psychological appraisal and all of it um for the most part i it's good full of really good hunky stuff right and it's like it's it's a collection of essays so he's not the only author did you say hunky stuff hunky juicy (laughs) okay i get you (laughs) okay um okay so he actually starts his uh the the entire after the preface anyway he starts his essay collection with this little excerpt from ephesians so this is ephesians 4 31 through 52. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children and a and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Um, yeah, so I love that. It, it does define bitterness as a form of malice, right? Um, but I, I, it's, in a nutshell, it's what we're commanded to do about bitterness as Christians, mm-hmm. right? Um, we are to utterly forsake it, get mm-hmm. rid of it, and every form of it, mm-hmm. right, that's residing in our heart, so... Um, Which will start to go down the path of why it's even created in the first place. And now you're doing psychology and, uh, you know, where this comes from and why is it there? And who are you bitter towards or why are you bitter in general? 
Um, there's all kinds of categories in life that will create these things. And even right there in that verse kind of parallels it with something. It's proper worship and sacrifice to God kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? You can't do that with bitterness. And, and, and the scripture screams this when it brings up bitterness. It always correlates it with either worshiping one thing or worshiping God. And it's usually the other thing that you're worshiping as you grow bitter. And... Um, so I do like I do like that verse uh, because of the parallels that we see in proper worship to God and then foregoing the resentment right. um, uh, towards him and his providence as well. So, so yeah, so um, right. It's excellent. Um, I just did like a really quick dictionary, Google dictionary definition search for bitterness. Um, and we're not talking about like bitter tasting things. Hopefully Though that. they use that as an example. Right, they definitely know. use it in, throughout Scripture. Um, but more so, we're talking about bitterness as anger and disappointment at being treated unfairly. Mm-hmm. And they list resentment as a synonym. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty good. Nick, What? How, or how, have you ever struggled with bitterness? <laughs> you got eight hours? <laughs> well. <laughs> I could, I could, I could, I could tell you a whole days of work, you know, worth of work um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, about this. Yeah, I mean, it, it and it depends because, you know, the question that you just asked me, I would answer differently five years ago. I would say that I wasn't bitter. I would say that my anger and sarcasm and kind of sour atmosphere was justified. Now everybody else would look at me as bitter. I would go, no, you're wrong and I'm right. See, okay, so I think that's a great point because I think there's like an inherent lack of awareness when it comes yeah. to bitterness. Um, uh, it doesn't, I'm not saying that everybody who's bitter has no idea that they're bitter, but I think part of it gets confused because we really believe that we're standing on a yeah. platform of righteous. Hmm. righteous indignation we've been wronged and this other person or Hmm. god whoever whoever and whatever Hmm. was the the perpetrator of that wrong right and i'm entitled and that's you know that's to these feelings that's what we're calling nowadays ego i mean it's a puffing up of things uh the bible will call it puff up in heart and puff up in nature and arrogance among you to think that (laughs) you are justified and that the form of justice actually overflows from your own heart right so (laughs) let me break down what nick is saying um bitterness for the christian is unacceptable yeah, now that coming. does not mean that we don't all struggle with it. Okay, so I'm not, please hear me. It is a sin that we all struggle with as Christians, some probably more than others. But it, it, it really originates from a foundation of believing that you were somehow general manager of the universe to begin with. Mm. Um, that your shots, like the directions you would have given, right, about whatever circumstance, somehow trump God's perfect plan. So what I'm not saying is that we shouldn't be absolutely grieved and broken and devastated over sin. When we've been hurt, when we lose somebody that we love, whatever, whatever circumstance, whatever suffering or tragedy... What I am saying is that it it becomes sinful when those feelings fester, grow into bitterness, right? So ultimately, we aren't owed anything. Mm-hmm. And it is, like you were pointing out, arrogant mm-hmm. to believe otherwise, right. right? That's really difficult. That can be extremely bitter fruit to chew through, especially when you are in the middle of something devastating right ultimately though god doesn't call us to be stoic and unaffected by things right right they all have their proper place i mean there is a point to lamenting yeah and, uh, i mean there's a whole there's book a of the whole bible book uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, the destruction of jerusalem left right. jeremiah if you do believe that he's the writer which i do um <laughs> dedicated to such hey i you know this is 
this is bitter, you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm going to pour it out in such a way that I'm lamenting to. There's a way to appropriate your bitterness or frustration, I think, that right. is no, probably a better term. Right, before it becomes term. bitterness. Yeah. That's, bef- that's the distinction. Yeah, I because think. holding these things in, yes, mm-hmm. does uh, create that bitter fruit. Well, you know? holding holding them in. So that's I think that's all. That's It's not a separate, separate topic, but mm. it, it deserves its own category. Um, Human beings are naturally experientially avoidant in this yes. way. Okay, not not he, like good pleasurable experiences, but anything that we dislike, anything that we have you know kind of cast as negative, we like to avoid. Well, it's the reason why, and it may be generally commonly it's genuine. But hey, how are you doing? I'm good, and you may not be. Why? And because to say you're bad or whatever like that, you don't want to burden with somebody with your negativity, so you avoid uh, that conversation altogether. And I think that we naturally avoid this. So I feel like you're, right. I think you're giving people more credit than that. Yeah. I so I think sometimes there is a component of like I don't I don't want to overload or burden the person that just asked me. I'm this. always thinking that. I, I right. <laughs> so, but I think that's like a, I think that's evidence of you know God doing a lot of sanctifying in your life sure. over things. Um. I think more commonly, like the thought is, I don't want to talk about. Yeah, this. I don't want to talk like, about. This. I just yeah. don't. And then, so hear me. It is common and normal to want to avoid painful feelings and thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it healthy mm-hmm. or appropriate. There is no way around suffering. Mm-hmm. I've said this before, and I will say it again. I believe it very adamantly. We get two things with God. We get Him. And we get suffering. Mm. That's we are going to suffer. He who did not spare his own son, but actually tells us he was pleased to crush him. Mm. I mean, what? Oh, what? Yeah. Okay. So if you think you're avoiding suffering in this life, you are mistaken. And I don't mean that in a bullying, harsh way. I just mean it as a, a realism, a truth. Okay. So if we can expect suffering then maybe instead of trying to avoid it, hmm. we rather prepare or learn how to do that well, hmm. right? So I'm not going to avoid or change or remove these negative feelings. What I can do is learn to cohabitate with them, mm-hmm. right? Build some emotional muscle, right? And that doesn't happen overnight. I'm talking about this like very flippantly and I really don't mean it that way. No, not at all. the individual struggle like that is required through this process is monumental Mm -hmm. right but as christians and this is where like i said the secular world and christians differ we actually have hope here right right so in in for freedom from bitterness right in in recognition of our place before god that you know while we were yet sinners he saved us we were not deserving Mm -hmm. in fact i mean we were deserving of death I mean, I just described it. I was justified. Rebels of God. Go read Romans. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I just described it. My disposition was that justice flows from my own heart, and therefore right. I can act how I act, and you're in the wrong. I mean, I don't deserve any grace with that kind of arrogance, mm-hmm. uh, a putting down of things, because I just declared myself a ruler, self-declared myself a ruler. Right. All hail kingdom. <laughs> um, and that, in such, uh, such a way that even the secular world didn't accept. Yeah. Yes. Let alone God. Um, so that actually leads to to another thing that I think is relevant to what we're talking about. Um, I think it's in Romans 12. You might know better than me, Nick. Um, I, I got it up right here. Yeah. T- where uh, vengeance, vengeance is mine. Romans 12, 20? It's uh, uh, Romans 12, 19. Hey, um, I was so close, Yeah, y'all. you got it, yeah. I was close. Uh, beloved, um, never avenge yourselves. Uh, believe it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Right. Uh, this is stemming from Leviticus 19.18, which is, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against any of your people, but love your neighbor as you love yourself. I am the Lord. Then Deuteronomy, vengeance is mine, I will repay. In due time, their foot will slip, for their day of disaster is near, and their doom is coming quickly. Now, remember, this is this is very important because I just said, you know, before Christ, I was the flow of justice. Mm-hmm. God says that he is the flow of justice. So before Christ, yeah. Nick was the God of his own. Yeah. 
Therefore, own world. Right? I was allowed it's, to uh, to yeah. avenge myself. Yes, and <laughs> you just like you were owed that, right? But but God makes a clear distinct uh, distinction. He is the law. It's a reflection of Him. Right. So therefore. You go out and seeking your own what justice, okay. your own things, actually contradicts the character of God, well, and that's why it has to belong to Him because it, He is the standard. It's it's an, back to your original point about idolatry. Mm. I can't like what other um, illustration is is more clear of elevating yourself to the position of judge, jury, and executioner to the mm. position of God. Mm-hmm. It is self worship, mm-hmm. right? I mean, at its core. Um, and I think the thought is what, or I think what happens is that we forget I'm so guilty of this, um, and have been guilty of it since I became a Christian. Um, I forget that when someone sins against me, that before that happens, they sin against God. Yeah. So when I make that mistake, right, when I get caught up in the, the, when I'm self-focused rather than Christ, Christ-focused, which is very easy to be, especially in something catastrophic, right? Mm-hmm. I get into really serious trouble because I make myself the number one aggrieved mm. person here. Right, right. And that means I'm entitled to my feelings. I'm entitled to hate whoever hurt me mm-hmm. and not forgive them. Mm-hmm. I'm entitled to... Um, I'm entitled to an apology. I'm entitled to revenge or to justice. And your nose will be up in the air until you get those things. Right. So when somebody hurts you, they sinned against God first. Mm -hmm. Remember that, Mm -hmm. right? And so he is the one who's owed the justice, the recompense, and he is the one that's going to execute it perfectly, Mm -hmm. right? And... So you guys all know that I'm a huge true crime fan, crime junkie. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I think about a lot when I'm listening to different cases, especially um, unsolved cases um, or cases of wrongful conviction, um, I think, thank you, Jesus, that even though they might escape any any type of fallible earthly justice they will they can't it is actually impossible for them to escape yours oh yeah um and that that should give us i mean it gives me some peace around mm. all of it it doesn't take away the wretchedness of what's happened no not at all and no. that's not the point or the goal right again it's you're about, allowed to hate what happened like you know? po- yeah, <laughs> yeah you should right yeah. you're not you're, gonna frolic with joy out the window because somebody robbed you and like oh well vengeance belongs to the lord uh, you know yeah. <laughs> and uh and no but yeah you don't go and steal something back or something right. you know what i mean or uh, but this also this is now uh we're we're, we're starting to venture down uh, the road to bitterness now because well, what if you don't get all those things right away? Vengeance belongs to the Lord, but you see nothing. Right now, here's and the thing: that, that happens a lot. It, it does. It happen happens a lot. a lot, guys. Like, yeah. I mean, there will be a day. Yes, trust me, right. there will be a day. But you're not yeah. owed a front row seat at the execution yeah. like chamber on now, that day. I I, I, re- <laughs> I really want to talk about the Crispin uh, Crispin the Christian uh, disposition. Right. No, the disposition between a brother and a brother and a sister and a sister, a Christian brother and a Christian brother. You know, can two Christian brothers sin against each other? Absolutely. We can quarrel and fight with each other just as much as the secular world. But check this out. Let's just say you are a victim um, of some evil act by a Christian brother and you're a Christian yourself, okay? Um, All those attributes still come into mind. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. You shouldn't act in vigilante justice or anything like that. However, God is going to deal with his son as well as he dealing with you also, yeah. his son. Mm-hmm. And so you may not see the things that you in your heart want, an apology or a blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. All, uh, Repentance. All, 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 yeah, because he's mm-hmm. being sanctified as much as he, uh, you are being sanctified. Mm-hmm. So it is easy to grow bitter because you didn't get mm-hmm. what you wanted, especially but from you were owed. Yeah. But you were owed, especially from somebody who claims to be a Christian and they know better or should and, or should know better. And right? you, yeah. And you listening to this right now, whoever it is, <laughs> has dealt 
with this very situation. Mm -hmm. Maybe jealousy over it's, it, somebody claimed that they did something when you did it or whatever like that. I mean, or dishonesty uh, or dishonesty or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I had sin, to, any sin, any time you've felt wronged, and yeah, I, right, righteously wronged. I, I had <clears> to <throat> deal with this disposition myself. So how do I appropriate myself, though I am not getting, you know, the justice that I mm. seek? What do the, I do with those feelings? Though, uh, though, it, by the law, I have a right to yield to that. But because in my position, and there's another Christian brother, I have to think that God is working on that person as well. How do I release sure. all of this from my heart? Yeah. You know? Well, and then, like, again, this is different in the case when you're dealing from, like, with Christian to Christian. When you're yeah. between brothers and sisters, you've got, like, an objective standard you can call people right. to. I mean, in secular counseling, yeah, that there doesn't is, exist. There is no camaraderie and, in Well, this. there's no, you are not compelled to forgive. There's no, no yeah. one, by, who says Right? Who yeah. says? Who yeah. says I need to do that? Okay, well, but scripture commands the Christian to be rid of bitterness. Yeah. Okay, that means you're not supposed to have any of it. It's Right? Get rid of it. I mean, we always say it's not all about you. <laughs> but even in your suffering, it's still not no, no, <laughs> all no, no, about no. you. Even <laughs> okay, so that's true 100% yeah. of the time. Yeah. Right. And you don't hear that so much in the secular world because, well, you're paying for a counselor. It better be all about you. You're paying for it. But, <laughs> but, but, well, that, I mean, that's different. Like, but, uh, in that circumstance, it shouldn't be about the counselor. It should be about yes. right, and, the person. And, and this is where I, I think things get left off and sometimes in counseling is because we're not realizing that there is a God sometimes, you know, or, you know, all the time that there's a God. Uh, with his providence, um, pouring out what he um, um, needs to pour out by the decree of his will. When we're sitting there in counseling, we're focusing on the individual and their suffering and pain. And sometimes we give them entitlements and rights that they're not due. As a, uh, in, yes. 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 Um, so that would be a, a mistake that a counselor... Could make. Yeah, it could yes. make. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so, you do need to know that there is another side and all kinds of things going on within the providence of God that you cannot see. And that's why he gives you the definitive thing. There will be a day. There will be a day. There okay. will be a day. So why, like, there's, I think we've talked about a lot. Like, why do you think God commands us to be rid of bitterness, mm -hmm. right, as a form of malice? It's toxic, and poisonous and polluting. Mm -hmm. It is for our good, mm -hmm. people, that we are commanded to be rid of it. That doesn't right. mean that it's going to be easy to do right. or to defend against or protect against, right? But ultimately, back to what you were saying, like when when somebody has wronged you, legitimately wronged you, sinned against you, and you have a righteous whatever response, layered, mm -hmm. complicated response to that mm -hmm. injustice... That's not bitterness. No. Okay, that's not bitterness. Not at all. Bitterness occurs when you forget that that other person, whether they're a Christian or not, is an image bearer. That you're left unforgiving. And, and that you yeah. are commanded to forgive. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to... That gets really complicated. We're not commanded to forgive unbelieving people. But if Christ forgave you, you better be... It's in the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Do it. Forgive, <laughs> Forgive us our us. trespasses as we forgive those who yeah. trespass against us. And uh, Th that's, that isn't because, like, God wants us to do something really hard. Mm -hmm. Yo, it's because it's poisonous and toxic to your person. Mm -hmm. Right? It is. It pollutes everything. It changes your whole worldview. Right. And when Christ is supposed to be the lens, is supposed to be the focus, bitterness takes that and just, like... The glass is uh, like a windshield, right? That shatters, yeah. but it doesn't like, the glass doesn't go everywhere because it's got yeah. that film, mm -hmm. that cobweb. I'm sure there's an actual name for that. I don't know what No, it I is. know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> um, so at the, at the heart of it all, if you are bitter and clinging to your bitterness, you are not clinging to Christ. Mm -hmm. We've all been there. Yeah. Most of us are gonna be there again. At yep. some point. Well, this is what uh, uh, the uh, um, writer of the Hebrews is talking about. Uh, Hebrews twelve fifteen. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. So there's that word grace of God. 
We were just talking about that. Uh, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. Okay, so let's before I finish the verse, see to it that you don't fail to obtain the grace of God. How do you fail to obtain the grace of God? I mean, he pours it. You have mm-hmm. to receive it kind of thing, right? Um, and it's pretty much by his providence right. that you will receive it. But I think the implication there is you fail by not extending it, grace. By not. So if you're not extending or acknowledging yeah. or whatever, if, what are you doing? If you're not totally humbled mm-hmm. in light of that grace, yeah, there's a problem. Yeah, You are not owed it. And it causes trouble. Mm. That's what it says. Springs up and causes trouble. Now fill in the blanks. Because remember, the manifestations of bitterness could be infinite, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and by it, many become what? Defiled. Yeah. Now, anytime you see the word defiled in Scripture, especially out of James or the book of Hebrews, whose traditional audience were Jewish, it was a sense of being unclean, unclean like yeah. hindering you from worship. worship. right. Like your prayers are hindered. You fail to obtain the grace of God and then you pray to him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Your disposition in providence, though it could be a frowning providence, there is a booklet out there, and I can't remember the author, but it's called Behind a Frowning Providence. And Mm -hmm. so just type in Google Behind a Frowning Providence, and you'll see it. It's all about, yes, there are positions that you're going to be in that are not necessarily things that you're going to enjoy. But don't fail to obtain the grace of God. You need to acknowledge that this is grace that you're going through this trial. And so a root of bitterness can be brought up by failing to obtain what God has provided for you, mm-hmm. even to the extent of the resurrection of the dead, because that's our uh, uh, only hope, right? Yeah. Sometimes that's all you have to fall back on, that there will be a day that your tears will be wiped away. Right, right. And that's what he tells you to put your ultimate hope. And I see sometimes our trials when there's no way out, when you go left and there's an explosion you go right and there's a war right. you go up and things are falling right. down you fall down you're, and it's hot yeah yeah you're just frozen <laughs> there in is place. Yeah. yeah there is no avenue that you can walk in without trouble don't fail to obtain the grace in god to know that there's a hope that one day yeah you will rise and yeah. sometimes i've been in those that those situations where there is no way out yeah you're going to suffer submit yeah. you got to submit to the suffering and in deuteronomy I, the, the writer of Hebrews is actually quoting from Deuteronomy when he's talking about a root of bitterness. So that, it, you know, by, uh, by it, some become defiled, right? And so in Deuteronomy, it says, make sure that there is no man or woman, clan or tribe among you today whose heart turns away from the Lord, our God, to go and worship the gods of those nations, which right. would defile you. Make sure that there is no root among you that bears such poisonous and bitter fruit now when the writer of hebrew talked about that root of bitterness they would have thought about that it's talking about worshiping other gods so therefore now the defiled remark makes sense right failing to obtain the providence of god or the grace of god and searching elsewhere for your comfort or solution or whatever right hinders you from worship this is how dangerous bitterness is it will lead you after another god right right so um we talk we we talk a lot about idol worship, um, but truly, it's our number one issue. It always has been. Yes. Um, anyway, <clears throat> we'll talk about it a lot. I think it's really easy to break it down into terms like that. You don't mm-hmm. have to overcomplicate it. So um, I'll, I'm going to share one of my like own experiences with this whole concept. Um, uh, I used to have quite a little problem with road rage. <laughs> you <laughs> even as a christian like uh like a saved a saved christian like i always hear it drive like a christian <laughs> i like it, so oh my gosh well prior to my salvation especially in my like serious serious rebellion i was i did some very very unsafe things on the road um but anyway um that's a story for another time stories for another time i remember talking with um, actually with Joy from Sheologians. Um, she's one of my best friends, has been for many, many years. And I was explaining to her that I disliked, like it was making me feel really icky to have mm. such strong, horrendous road rage. And like, even though I wasn't, you know, doing the crap that I used to do, like follow people mm. and um, 
You could follow. Don't people. don't do drugs, folks. Oh my gosh, I was horrible. Yeah, it was awful. I've done that before. Um, and dangerous and really stupid. Mm. For what? Yeah. For what? Anyway, because like again, it was a rush. They owe me something. They yeah. Owe, like exactly. <clears throat> Most of the time, when you have road rage, by the way, folks, it's because you didn't give yourself enough time to get where you needed to go. Um, and you're your lack of yeah. preparation is not everyone else's emergency. Just yeah. so we get that out there. But anyway. I have had a huge problem with this. It was making, I felt terrible. Like, why do I have such a strong reaction? And, you know, like I get angry, really, really angry. Rage, rage is the connotation, right? I know people out there know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. So (laughs) Joy has, she is just like, she's got these truth bombs and she doesn't even know that that's what they are. So they're like extra cool. You know what I mean? Um, they're just, cr- just little like nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. But she goes, okay, well, pray. <laughs> and I was like, what? She says, pray for them. Yeah. Every time somebody does something stupid in traffic that makes you angry, pray for them. Pray for their salvation. Pray for their day. Yeah. And yeah, they could harm themselves. <laughs> that really made me mad. Like that recommendation. I don't want to do first, that. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't want to do that. And I really didn't. And I didn't. I did it. I did do it, though. I started doing it relatively quickly after we had that conversation. Um, And let me tell you guys, it did not take very long for my attitude to God just totally changed my heart about that. I really and it's something that I don't struggle with very much. Any, I mean, there are occasions now that I'm a mom where some of that comes back a little bit. Um, But what I'm saying is. It's really hard to stay angry at somebody that you're praying for. And how much that virtue bleed into other parts of your life as well? So many. So it's like it starts with one thing. Like God, this is the the infinite wisdom of God, right? Because it might seem to an outside world that, you know, uh, getting mad at somebody in traffic is a minor thing. But God saw it so much as to fix that to where other things in your life are going to you know benefit from that benefit from that it really he does care about those (coughs) small things and i don't think he thinks it's a small thing we think it's a small thing uh but i mean i didn't think it was a small thing i'm in in the grand scheme it probably like is more minor but but the ripple effect right that you're talking about exactly because it's it's from these things i mean it's a root a root is small and then it springs up big. You know what I mean? Right. And so you cut off and you sever what the root. Mm-hmm. And so the small things, if they're actually small or not, it doesn't matter, are really important uh, in this. And I think a lot of times bitterness does start off with something oh, small yeah. and gross. And now oh, we're talking yeah. about resentment. Well, and, I, and it grows. So I th- one yeah. of the things that we had talked about before we started recording today was the... Um, the manifestations of bitterness, right? Like in right. everyday behaviors um, and how like they're tricky, they're sneaky, they're covert sometimes and disguised to look like something else oh, or yeah. um, feel like something else, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not, which is confusing and it can be, make it difficult to root it out, mm-hmm. right? To properly identify it as bitterness and then do something about it. But um you gave when we were talking Nick the example of just sarcastic speech mm. um so I oh my goodness oh confession wow I feel like I'm confessing stuff I have been told and would agree by a rather large sample population size <laughs> throughout my life that I have a very smart mouth um and I I I do I, and I like bantering in that way. I really enjoy. Um, I grew up, my dad and my uncle would carry on just conversations where they would, you know, like out, out sar- sarcasm. The next so it's one. in your blood. It, it was, and it's just fun, like a way of sparring that I enjoy. And I don't, I don't think that if, if the other person you're doing it with knows what's going on and it's, just, it's more of a game like I'm describing, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you're being kind ish, right? Um, but being sarcastic in your personhood, right? Like approaching the world with that cynicism, um, in my experience, denotes some bitterness, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, it could be about anything, but 
you know, what are what are the things that make us feel disgruntled about the world, right? Oh, yeah. Um, any one of those things could be a seed, a root. You know, I, I can relate to that, too, as well as kind of a former stand up or comedic like atmosphere. I took I took free speech very uh, seriously. And I hated, I hated when people would get counseled even back in the day before we had this counsel culture thing. And so I just, dis- because I was resentful towards the world and what they've supposedly did to me, you know, growing up and uh, the uh, um, the falling in the drugs and, I, uh, and all that stuff developed an atmosphere to where I was always going to be this guy that railed against the very thing that I hated. Yeah. And so now I'm in a coffee shop saying things that I shouldn't be saying and going, oh, that you're just a hippie. You don't like free speech, but it's just the coffee shop and they're getting a muffin and they, you know, that, that, that grandma and her granddaughter didn't expect for me to say well, that. Well, right. Like that hill that you were dying on was not really, yeah. not really the mountain worth dying on. But it's so in, in its proper context, I was right. Like sure. if I'm writing things and things like writing a book or developing a play or whatever. Well, but not in the coffee shop, <laughs> and right. but um, only because when it w- I uh, I I misappropriated my virtue, uh, just like you said, you're like, oh well, you know, if I'm bantering back and forth with, uh, with one another, and we both know what we're doing, mm-hmm. it's it's fine, right? But then in another context, it's not, sure. and and why? Because I was bitter towards the whole. Well. You know, so like, so it speaks to your disposition. Yeah. Right. It really does. Mm-hmm. So and this ebbs and flows, right? Like when people are really, really stressed out, you you can tell sometimes because of how their manner, yeah. right, changes how they you know how they interact with anything, with people, with their things, right. with their pets. Like it changes. And 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 <clears throat> that's what I'm talking about. It's like. When the grace of God is extended to you and your heart starts to change, the lenses of your eyes start to change as well. And your mind starts to change as well. And what would take you off in the past really doesn't anymore. Yes, a lot of that. But I do think that there are things that can happen, though, that would... I mean, so... Technically, we can't react the way that we did, truly, because our hearts changed, right? Pre-salvation, post-salvation, we are, like, we're given an entirely new heart. But I think that our responses can absolutely mimic, uh, you know, previous responses, Mm. um, even if our heart is hopefully, I mean, our heart would be different in it, even if only slightly. I'll give you an example. Um... I did not have a very good relationship with my parents. I mean, we, you know, we're all right. You know what I mean? When, but, before uh, before, before I was saved and we fight constantly. Right. Well, you know? I mean, you, you know. Right. You were, you were doing some stuff. I was resentful towards the things that they did. Uh-huh. Now, they're my parents. I know the things that they did and do. <laughs> and just because I became a Christian didn't mean they stopped doing those things. Right. Uh, you know. Oh, you got to, you know, you got a pimple on your face or you're getting big. You know, all those things that yeah. parents say to kids and we hate it. Uh-huh. But then when I hear it now, I, I'm i not so much bitter, resentful or anything else that I used to be. Sure. Because now I can appropriate it. It's my mom. Well, she right. me. Now, th- sure. are there and, over- th- and this is her weird, distorted way of loving me. I, and I get it because okay. I know the language and sure. I know the disposition. Yeah. And I know that she's not harming or anything like that. And so... That I I go wow I'm not angry anymore yeah, right. and I'm not bitter anymore right. and it feels good to go all right mom right <laughs> you it, know so it is it is I think one of the more weighty and heavy right um things emotional states experiences to ca- to carry and I think it's fine to to kind of personify it in that way right like it's like carrying around it's a, mature outlook, a, 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 a teenager on mm-hmm. your back, like the weight of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's the thing. I think this is really important. We love hanging on to emotions like this. Mm-hmm. We, we love it as human oh, yeah. beings. We like 
clinging to the bitterness because it feels vindicating. Uh, we like to say that bitter is sweet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. So I think in that context, I think that's a, you know, it's a, an appropriate use of that. Right. But we like, we like hanging on to, to that. We like hanging on to all of our sin. Um, it's just part of, part of sin. Mm-hmm. So, but the truth is, the experience when you let go of bitterness mm-hmm. it i mean like, I, like it doesn't even compare it, it, you're not even in the same neighborhood folks it's it, like going from you know your first starter where like condo to five bedroom house with a nice pool <laughs> yeah yeah you're in like, vacation man <laughs> it's and it's always better the way god tells us to do it Exactly. And you use the word, you know, the, the, the weighty and everything. And those words always trigger me because I um, uh, uh, trigger me or, or trigger me in a good way uh, to think about the holiness of God. And I don't so know why. So they remind you to think that, of yeah, the because, of God. Because what, what it means to be holy is what makes God weighty, mm-hmm. what makes God all powerful, separate from you. And it really means his weightiness that goes down upon all of his creation. Like he is boom predominant right everywhere um and that that makes me think that you know to unlift the weight of bitterness you know means to accept the weight of god yeah (laughs) and that is that grace because it's for you you were created for that which now you know the defiled word uh hindering yourself from worship all that becomes play because if you're constantly weighted down by bitterness you know um and that is for destruction then that means you're failing to obtain that weight that holiness of god so being not bitter (laughs) uh uh, relieving yourself of that means to be accepting the holiness of god right and so every time you say holy 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 or sing holy 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 or the revelation song holy 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 start to start to appropriate yourself on what makes god weighty yeah. And it doesn't compare to the things of bitterness. Mm. If you think that is weighty, mm-hmm. just see the holiness of God. Well, right, right. <laughs> um, but but the, we don't experience that in the same in the same like burdensome encumbering way that we do bitterness. No. Um so yeah. So key points, I think, in summary. <laughs> um bitterness is really the result of forgetting that the sin was committed against God first, mm-hmm. right? Or believing that you are somehow owed anything. I, I think this applies. We didn't really touch on this in detail, but this is something that I encounter a lot. People, um, loneliness mm. and the bitterness that can result from definitely wanting you know a partner or mm. um uh i mean loneliness like wanting children and not having children um you know it whatever whatever uh version of it whatever anybody's yeah. experiences I mean, really what you're feeling inside can start to manifest itself in your atmosphere um to where everything reminds you of what you're feeling uh, especially in loneliness like we just mentioned before the podcast i was like man i can think of a, a, a time that i was bitter inside of salvation sure every time i looked at a couple because it reminded me of my loneliness right. and therefore i was in a sour atmosphere right um and that's bitterness and so this harkens back to when you first asked me that question have you ever you know experienced bitterness or what's that time just depends on when you asked me yeah yeah before salvation and during salvation so yeah sanctification in that process providence of god yeah i mean that you know in in my feelings of loneliness in the past started manifesting itself because i was growing bitter because of it right so now i can't even enjoy a married couple when the mm-hmm. Bible says that's something that I should rejoice in. Right. And when I started appropriating that, I'm just learning. Like uh, when, um, you know, Joy asked you to pray. Yeah. I, she I didn't. Just, she, she told me to. She was like, pray. I, oh, just a small observation. It was, why don't you try smiling at that? Mm-hmm. 
why don't you just try being happy? Mm-hmm. You know, smiling. I, you know, I know that's hard. Well, so that's not the smiling at something doesn't like isn't being happy. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the foundation of why you're smiling, learn that and smile. Yeah. <laughs> um, and because marriage is a good thing. And I'm like, you know, I want marriage so much, but I'm going to be better at it kind of thing. Right. So I, I think envy not not jealousy in the way that God is jealous for his people, right? He only wants his people to worship him. Okay, mm. not that not jealousy, not but envy, which we we talked right. about when we were yeah, just we, a few episodes back. Yeah, right. And so when I look at somebody else's something and I covet it, mm-hmm. which is what one of the mm. Ten Commandments, um it's easy to become bitter, but like, it's the same, like it's the same distorted line of thinking. I'm owed this. You are not owed anything. Yeah. You aren't owed a thing. And, and, and God put me in that disposition by his grace to sanctify me. And I was completely missing that. I was just growing envious, bitter because of my loneliness. And then now disgusted at somebody who maybe has what I don't. Sure. And you can see how destructive you can uh, create your atmosphere to be. Well, and you end up pushing people away. Yeah. You end up pushing people away. No one wants to be around you anyway uh, with that. Um, And so there's another thing that bitterness starts to do. And and you you can see the other symptoms from that. Idolatry, covetousness, uh, uh, covetousness, uh, hating God's providence, resenting your sanctification, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But it's pure idolatry. That's why it defiles you and leads you after another gods. And I think that's what we're the root is always going to go back there. Oh, yeah. Is that the first two commandments are don't worship another God. Don't bow to anything else. Right. Oh, I think you just summarized it. (laughs) Well stated. Um, Which is why if you do one sin you break the whole law i mean it it really is just fascinating so yeah here like the the thing is get over your big bad self it's very hard but we have a god who wants us to be rid of bitterness Mm -hmm. and will help us to do so by focusing our eyes on him Mm -hmm. and not on the things of the world you know start um start to think about the uh the genesis account here maybe i'm stretching it that was a bit of fruit yeah. You know. you know, I thought about that, too, and I was like, I wonder, yeah. like, I'm sh- I'm sure it tasted sweet, but yeah. I, but it, truly, it I'm, was the bit most bitter fruit. I mean, what was the lie? Did God really say? Right. You'll be just like him. That's why he doesn't want you to eat right. it kind of right. thing. And he goes, Doubt. as soon as you eat this, you will die. Why? Because you won't worship me. Mm-hmm. You won't be connected with me. You won't flow from me. Yeah. That was it. Bitterness separates you from God. And, um... That's the root of everything. Idolatry. The root of man's fallen nature is idolatry. And you just can't get away from it. And so, hear me, repent uh, from these things um, and pray for me as well. Yeah, for me too. (laughs) Right. This looks messy because Christians are sinners being sanctified. How great it is uh, to be saved by grace Uh because we can get in these dispositions as Christians and still God is near you if you are born again. And if that doesn't touch your heart and cause you, it says God's kindness is supposed to bring you to repentance. Yeah. Then, man, you know, like every time I think of that and I go, I just been a shameful person in the last two weeks (laughs) and I'm still saved. (laughs) Right. And then all of a sudden tears start coming down. I start repenting and I'm better for it and I'm sanctified and I'm not so bitter anymore. Right. Yeah. And uh, that is what it truly means. And I'll end with this. It's what it truly means to take heart uh, and to take courage because Jesus has defeated death. He's brought you unto him and he has overcome the world. Well, we love you guys. Love you.